Broadcasting from the Any Hour Services Podcast Studios, I'm your host, Mike Wilson, and you're listening to In the House. For those of you who are new to the show, In the House is a podcast about the major systems in the house, electrical, plumbing, heating, air conditioning. Uh, each week, I'm joined by a panel of experts, and we pick a topic and we discuss it in depth. It's meant to be informative and hopefully bring you some value. Um, we're starting to spend a whole lot more time outdoors uh, working around the house, and so in this episode, we're actually going to be talking about electrical safety outdoors, things you need to watch out for, and how to avoid accidental shocks. I've got Shane and Troy joining me today. They're the management team of the electrical department at Any Hour Services. How you guys doing? Doing great. Doing great. Thank you. Awesome. Uh, so with us spending more time outdoors, we all know that electricity powers our lives, and it's awesome that way, but it is kind of dangerous. And so when you're outdoors, there's more likelihood of you being in contact with water. And so safety is really important when you're talking about electricity outdoors. Uh, Troy, why is water and electricity so dangerous together? Well, water will actually conduct electricity. So you can get shocked if it runs through the electricity, the flow, the path of mm -hmm. electricity. Um, quick example, I was squirting down my garage inside of the garage, not on the outside. With you water. were spraying water inside yep. your garage. Spraying water inside my normal? garage. The door, uh, I don't know if it's normal. <laughs> but it's dirty in there. I huh? spraying it out. Your wife was like, clean the garage, and you're like, where's the water hose? <laughs> That's right. It's the easy way, right? <laughs> Anyways, there was a light switch above me, and I actually just come across that light switch, and I got zapped from the water going into those lights, right? The power mm -hmm. conducted electricity and zapped me. Uh, the first time I did it, I was like, "Whoa, what's going on? And so I was like, I got to do that again. And so wait, it, it, it zapped you when you were spraying yes. the water or when you touched the light switch? No, when I spraying the water. That quick, yeah, huh? It conducted through the electricity and zapped me. Wow. Yeah, I was surprised. That's interesting. But yeah, it got me pretty good. Huh. The second time. The first time was just. Just like, a little Whoa. buzz. Yeah. And then you were like, well, yeah, let me figure out what happened there. And then you're like, oh, yep, that's electricity. <laughs> yeah, it was. Interesting. Good. But yeah, so we got to be careful and mindful of that yeah. at all times. Let's actually talk about some recommended electrical safety, like the best practices. Now, you know, there's codes that are in place, but codes are really there for safety items, right? I mean, they're there to keep us safe. So let's talk about some of the safety things in our electrical that should be there when we're working outside. Shane, you got any? So first of all, we should always have a breaker connected to our power. Um, that's, okay. that's just very, very basic. And actually talk a little bit about GFIs. That stands for Ground Fault Circuit Interrupter. Okay. Um, that's, uh, they've been in cold since about 1971. Okay. Uh, they started out as just being, uh, just protecting outside places. Uh, since then, they protect kitchens, bathrooms, garages, uh, downstairs basements that are unfinished. So talking specifically about outdoors, uh, you said that there should be a breaker. Um, any circuit that's outdoors, does it need to be a GFI breaker or can you run the circuit to the first location and put in an, a GFI outlet? So you can do it either way. Uh, they make breaker versions of a GFCI and they also make plug versions. Is, is one better than the other? No, they both you just need something. something. Got it. Um, is it, what's most common? I, at my house, I outlets or, you know, GFI outlets or what I've got. Um, but are breakers, how does someone know if they have a GFI breaker or a GFI outlet? Uh, the only way you can really know is to, uh, if you physically see the breaker or the plug or else you have a tester that can test for a GFI circuit. 
They have little testers that you can buy, that little button you can push once you plug them in and they'll trip. Uh, other than that, there's no way to tell if it's GFI protected. Gotcha. So those testers we've talked about before, you know, they're not that expensive, but there's a, there's a tester that plugs into an outlet and there's a version that has a button on it that can simulate the ground fault. And there's a button, there's a version that does not have the button. If you're going to get a tester, it's best to get the one with the button. It's a couple more bucks and it's totally worth it. You can plug it into any outlet, whether it looks like a GFI outlet or not. And you can push that button and you can tell if there's GFI protection on that particular outlet. So that's a good one. So when you do that, it'll actually trip the GFI or it'll trip the breaker. So understand knowing where that is important. Cause if you trip that and you don't know where it's at, you can't reset it. That's, that's a good point. The number one thing, make sure it's uh, make sure it's protected, but then know how to reset that thing and restore power. So um, outdoors, uh, do they, I mean, I wear the most common places. Obviously, a GFI breaker is going to be in the breaker panel. Um, it could be on the main panel outside if it has um, breaker slots in there, or it may be in the house. Uh, for GFI outlets, is there a common place? Is there a common practice when you're installing those outside? Is it Do you usually install one at each location, or do you do one and protect all of the outlets on the house? What's, what, what do electricians usually do? Give somebody a common place to look for a GFI outlet well, there's a couple outside po- outside um I'll be honest with you a lot of times when you have an unfinished basement they'll come off an outlet there which is a GFI and run to the outside outlets that are GFI protected but the GFI the actual GFI is down in the basement so that's a good point so if you have an outlet that stops working inside or outside and you look for those GFI outlets and, you, and let's say you do know enough and you're like, oh, it's GFI protected. There's probably a tripped outlet and you look everywhere outside, then go and look for a tripped breaker in, or not breaker, a tripped outlet inside because it could be protecting those exterior unfinished, outlets. Unfinished basement. Mm-hmm. Yep, we see those a lot. Yeah. Awesome. Good tip. Um, okay. So what, what are some other safety best practices outdoors? Well, we, we actually, I'll bring one up. We talked about the GFI outlets. Um, weatherproof covers slash you know in use covers i know back in the day uh you just used to have a a weatherproof cover that had a piece of insulation between the the cover and the outlet and it had a little door that would open up and then as time went on they created what's called an in use cover or a bubble cover where you put it on the outlet and the purpose is so that you can plug uh, so, an, uh, an extension cord or something into it, but it sits way further off from the wall because you want to be able to plug it in and have that lid be able to close uh, and still use the outlet. Why? Why is that, Troy? Oh, keep keep it uh, away from weather and from the water, stuff like that. Keep it isolated. So um, when when you have an extension cord plugged in, I mean, especially if it's an exterior outlet. I mean, if you're not intentionally spraying it with a water hose like Troy, uh, you could have sprinklers that hit it. I mean, people- timers are always plugged into those. And so you can actually just, there's a little knockout here on the bottom that you can go knock that out, right? Run the extension cord up here and then close that. And so now it's, it's isolated from the weather and protects it. What kind of timers are people plugging in there? Sprinklers, lights, that kind of stuff. Okay. Um, there's an in-use one that's got a timer on it. I've seen in several locations where the guys, where you can just um, set it for the time and then on and off whenever you want, multiple times throughout the day, through the night, that kind of stuff. So if your timer is, because I know for ours, our timer is plugged in in the garage. 
Um, and so that those outlets in the garage don't need a, an in-use cover on it. But if the if the outlet is installed outdoors, uh, it does need to. It's recommended that you have an in-use cover on it. I, my house is like really old, and it was built in the 30s. And at some point, they put an extension on the house, and they added an exterior outlet. But it has that old style, you know, just flip up door. We just shot a video the other uh, the other day uh, last week, and I was I was showing how to replace how to install an in use cover essentially because I didn't have one out there, and uh, it is a good idea to have that. So, uh, let's see, uh, Shane, you mentioned uh, extension cords uh, before the show. Talk to us. What do people need to know about extension cords, or what do they need to look for? Because I think a lot of people. I mean, you've got more electronic. Um, lawn tools, you've got trimmers, you got mowers, you got chafing chainsaws that are electric, all of those things that you plug in. What do they need to look for on those extension cords to make sure they're safe? Well, first of all, examine your extension cord. You want to make sure there's no fray and there's no cuts in that. Um, you can actually pick up an extension cord that has a cut in it and you can, it'll actually shock you. You've got metal parts sticking out of some of those. So first of all, make sure your extension cord is in good condition. If it's not, throw it away. Um, it's not worth uh, getting uh, shocked over. Also, look at the ends. Um, on the ends, that's where a lot of the fraying or the breaking happens quite often, right where you plug it in. So right where that uh, little end plug is hooked on. It'll start to come apart. You start to see the green and the mm -hmm. white and the black wires in there. Yep. And so if you're seeing that, you're saying that should be replaced? It should be replaced. They actually sell ends that you can put on yourself, but if, you're not, if you don't feel safe doing that, just go buy a new extension cord. Also look at the ends. Uh, there's th most, most extension cords now are three prong. You have a hot, a neutral, and a ground. And uh, make sure all three of those prongs are on there. If, if your ground's missing, um, that's your protection. Yeah, I've, so, I've, I'm not gonna say that I have seen people take a pair of pliers to pop <laughs> off uh, the, the ground. <laughs> I have too, that was, I was trying to protect the innocent there. I guess not so innocent, but yeah, that's, uh, people do that because they, they look at a plug and they're like, oh, there's, there's not three prongs. Oh, I know how to fix this, I'll just pop that off because the ground doesn't necessarily have to be there for the electricity to flow to make That's the correct. thing work. It's there to protect you mm -hmm. in case something goes wrong. And so, yeah, don't, don't pop that ground off of the extension cord. Yeah. Um, uh, another place I, as I would just take, you know, if you got a pair of gloves on or something or bare hands, like don't just check the ends, run, run the length of the extension cord and look at it because you know, whether it got run over by a car or pinched in a door or run over by the lawnmower and it didn't necessarily cut all the way through, or maybe you hit it with the weed eater. Uh, you know, there's, if, if it's got a nick in it, it's best, again, best practice is to, uh, you know, replace the thing. Uh, where, where is the line between, you know, the, the outside protective coating of the extension cord has a nick where's the line between wrap it with electrical tape and replace the whole cord i would always go on the safe side if you've got nicks and stuff you don't feel comfortable fixing that yourself just buy a new one okay um, if there's a little tiny nick in there you could wrap it with electrical tape but still you're always taking that chance mm -hmm. also one more thing to look at an electrical cord is making sure that the sizing of the electrical cord is uh is right that's a good point if you go to the store you're going to see some electrical cords that are pretty cheap and then some that are pretty expensive most of that is due to the size. So you can read on the electrical cords what they're good for. 
Are they good to run a big motor? Um, you don't want to run a big motor on a little tiny cord. They're they're not made to do that. It's also bad on the on the motor of the on the motor also. So make sure you're buying the right cord for the right application. Yeah, they have they'll have a 14 gauge, 18 gauge, 12 gauge extension cords, and and like Shane said, you will pay um, for the 12 gauge extension cord. But man, if you're running 100 feet and you've got a motor. If you're not paying attention to that, you will damage the motor whenever you're running. One of the most common applications I think of for that is um, is if you've got like a, an RV or something that you're plugged in and you're trying to run the generator or, or you know, run it off the house power, you know, you need a big, thick 10 gauge plus, you know, extension cord that plugs in there. Yeah, voltage drop is real. You, they allow you up to 3% and then anything above that, it starts doing damage. So hmm. uh, one other thing too, yeah. the actual plug, examine the metal pieces that you're mm -hmm. actually plugging into the outlet. Cause, and I've done this myself where you're putting tension on that extension cord and it tweaks a little bit and now it starts arcing. And so mm -hmm. those blades actually, you'll see they start pitting and stuff like that. And so, man, if you see that, go ahead and replace replace the end or the extension cord so look for little black marks or little holes um, in the end of the the metal pieces that actually plug into the receptacle okay uh, let's see uh, another thing that a lot of people are doing actually before I get to this one as you're walking around outside uh, in the spring and working in the garden and working around the house uh, look for exposed wires whether that's on your sprinkler timer whether that is on the meter um, you know, a lot of times what will happen is the ground will settle and the, the pipe coming up from the ground will pull away from the meter and you see exposed wires. That's not good to have or on your electrical or not your electrical, your air conditioner. That's another place that that whip coming from the AC disconnect to the thing. It gets uh, rotted in the sun and the wires can start to be exposed there. Those are not good situations to have. You may want an electrician to come out and and fix those. Um Digging in the yard is something that we do a lot, whether it's in the garden or you're trying to put something in or just digging a hole because you're bored. I don't know why you would do that, but if you do. <laughs> so what what are the steps? Uh, what does someone need to do if they are planning on digging anywhere in the yard? Well, Blue Stakes is a great resource there. Give them a call. They'll come out and actually mark all your power lines coming to the house. How much does that cost? It's free. It's free, free service. service. Absolutely. So uh, if you are now, it it's differs from state to state, but if you're listening to this and you live in Utah, you can either dial 811 or you can go to bluestakes.org. That's the color blue, B-L-U-E and stakes, S-T-A-K-E-S dot org. Uh, and you can schedule those appointments to do that. But like you said, they come out and they, they paint where the gas is, where the water is, where if there's electricity there. Um, how deep does someone need to dig before they can hit electrical lines? Sometimes it's a couple inches. You don't know what the guy before you did. So as you're doing these projects, think ahead too, because blue stakes won't get there the day you want to do the project. You've got That's to a good point. Give, give them three or four days advance notice. So whenever you're digging, give them that notice to get out there. Cause if it's a day of, you're not going to get them there. But like I was saying, they could be anywhere. You, you just don't know. Okay. Better safe than sorry. Don't just go digging holes. Um, other other things we talk about. I mean, obviously you've got power lines outside. Where when can those become a hazard to people? Because they're supposed to be installed up high. You know where you can't just like go grabbing onto them or swinging them. But what are some circumstances where you can come in contact with power lines? Trees. 
Kids climb up trees, right? That's true. And oftentimes we see those power lines going through trees and around trees. And so if you're up playing in the trees, man, kids can, you, kids, whoever can grab a hold of those. Um, up on the roof also, they come across roof lines there. Um, there is codes and regulations, but again, still you can reach and touch those power lines. And so be very cautious and careful. Always look up when you're climbing. That's a good point. And, you know, it's a good idea if you, especially if you're, uh, if you've got grandkids coming around or if you've got kids that are curious and able to climb trees, it's a good idea for you as the responsible adult to go out and identify if there are any trees in the yard that, uh, that have power lines and then identify those to your children. Do not climb this tree. Uh, you know, so that's a, that's a good point. Uh, let's see, uh, down power lines, um, what should someone do if they ever have a down power line in their yard or, or around the house? If you have a down power line, call 911. Okay. Um, get somebody out there as quick as you can, but don't go near it. Okay. Don't even come close. Uh, some of those big power lines can uh, get you when you're not even real close to them. So whenever they're down, uh, call 911, and uh, that's always best practice. That's true. You know, the, the electricity being able to jump from one spot to the to the next is is a real thing that arc jumping in the sky just don't be the person that that uh, that that is the least path of resistance and you all of a sudden are conducting the electricity uh, if you have a tree limb that is hanging on a power line do not try to uh, don't try to move it or adjust it get the professionals out there uh, don't take any risk hey also too just with that power, 911 is a great resource, but also you can call the power company. Okay. Rocky Mountain Power, let them know. Hey, there's a, once you've called 911, obviously, if there's a down power line, uh, you want to call 911 first and then. So is that, is that the protocol? Call 911 <laughs> first and then the power company? Yeah, and then the power company. All right. So um, let's see. So, that, I mean, that's the main safety things when you're working around the house there's not like a ton of stuff to go over it's really just use some common sense and be smart when you're working with that stuff uh, I'm, I'm curious Shane wh what are some things that we have electricians get electricians get called out for what are some things that you've seen maybe projects outside electrical projects that you've seen DIYers try that uh, they weren't necessarily they didn't quite get right what are some things that you can do outside that you really got to make sure you do it right well, you can do everything wrong, but uh, no, a lot of the stuff we come across, uh, we go to a lot of hot tubs that are hooked up wrong. They don't have GFI protection, so you're sitting in this big pool of water, and and you're sitting in water. That's kind of scary. They're using the wrong sized wires. Uh, they're not burying wires deep enough. They're not using the right size when they're going to different things. And we do a lot of stuff um, where, I mean, it's just, we, we see everything. Okay. Um, go ahead. One thing that I've seen a lot on older homes and even newer homes is exposed Romex, right? People just run Romex that's meant to be in walls on the outside. That's a good point. Yeah. And so make sure you're using the proper conduit and that kind of stuff um, to protect that wire. So just because this uh, wire will conduct electricity doesn't mean that it is best for that particular application. That is correct. Because uh, there are things that Romex is rated to be inside a wall where there is no sun, there's no UV damage, there's no extra heat from the sun, like all of that the stuff. And so you can't necessarily just put it... I've seen somebody string when I was installing some satellites uh, dishes. I saw somebody string from their house to like... 
I think at one time it was a detached garage, but they were using it as like a house and they had strung a Romex from like one part to the other. Like you would string a Christmas light or something. I think they actually had some Christmas lights attached to the Romex as well. It was, it was interesting. And like, yeah, it's the thing is, is like they'll plug it in and it'll work and it'll do what they want. And they don't understand just how dangerous it is. And if you try and point those things out, like I, it's, it's sad when when people aren't scared enough of it, but you don't want to be con- you don't want to be labeled as somebody just coming out there trying to you know use fear as a tactic to to try and get work done. But I mean, we have a responsibility to to point those types of things out. You know, electricity is very dangerous. It don't take a lot of amperage to go through the heart to actually kill somebody, and so we have to be mindful and respect. Uh, electricity so yeah Yeah. absolutely mike so we talked about hot tubs but i mean we've got landscape lighting exterior speakers uh flagpole lighting there were some other things that you were listing shane what are all those different outside uh services that we do that sometimes people try on their own so we do a lot of low voltage landscape lighting uh circuits to gfis like we talked about uh, wiring to hot tubs powers to outdoor sheds and garages uh, pulse lights, uh, we do lights for flagpoles, uh, water features, so we do a lot with uh, pretty little water features. RV outlets are becoming a lot more popular where they can plug their RV as, RVs out on the outside. Heat tape, a lot of heat tape outlets outside, Christmas outlets, uh, automatic gates, I mean, anything that takes power outside. Generators are a big one, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and so that's that's the thing is like I get I get people trying to save money and do some of this themselves. And if you're going to try and do a bunch of the labor yourself to try and save money, mazel tov, do that, but consult with an electrician beforehand so that you make sure that you are at least doing it correctly. And so that it's going to be safe or do it and then have somebody come out and check it. I would recommend have somebody consult with you beforehand because if you run the wrong size conduit and you bury it and you try and pull a line through it and they're like, oh, nope, that's not going to work. <laughs> Cost you more that money sucks. in the long run. Right. Um, so, I mean, electrical outdoor safety isn't too complex. Is there any, is there anything else that you guys want to bring up before we kind of wrap the show up? One thing going back to trees, make sure that we're trimming those and they're not going over power lines. Uh, just to touch on that, um, during the winter when we get these storms, we see those branches come down and knock down meters and power lines. And so, again, when you're outside, be mindful of that. So if they're trimming trees, that so that's not something that – if you have limbs by a power line, is that something you can call the power company and they'll come out and, and do that for you? In some locations, they will. Other locations, they'll charge you for it. Mm. So it depends on kind of your jurisdiction where you're at. So, so trim the trees before they <laughs> get to the point where they're in, involved with the power lines, huh? Yeah, well, sometimes just, just be mindful of that because, man, that gets expensive. And then you lose power. Usually in the middle of the winter, it's cold. And it's not fun to not have power in the home. Mm. We've, seen a, we've seen a lot of those. Also, when you're planting trees, uh, watch for power lines above because yep. these little trees get yep. big. So watch where you're planting. Well, uh, that... That brings up a good point. I guess if you're going to dig a hole to plant the tree, in theory, you should have called blue stakes, but you probably don't want to plant a tree over top of a gas line or an electrical, uh, you know, conduit or something like that. But all right. Well, anything else? 
Well, I think that's it, Mike. Well, that was, that was a quick one, but uh, it was good information there. So that's the show today. Thanks so much for listening to the episode to this episode of In the House. We'll be back next Tuesday with a new episode. If you've enjoyed the if you've enjoyed the show, man, I can't talk for anything today. If you've enjoyed the show, uh, do me a favor: go to iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts and leave us a review. Let us know what you think of the show. Uh, if you've got suggestions for us, we'll we'll read those as well. Um, I'd like to thank Troy and Shane for taking time out of their busy schedule and coming and being the guest on the show today. Cam for co-producing back behind the scenes and everybody else behind the scenes that helped make the show possible. If you'd like to know more about Any Hour Services, visit anyhourservices.com. I've been your host, Mike Wilson, and you've been listening to In the House. (laughs) 